Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we continue our divisional previews with the NFC Beast or the NFC Least, depending on how we have the New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, American team, the Washington newly minted Commanders, and very interesting conversation so let's get into it all right page nfc east preview a lot of interesting things to talk about but why don't you give us a little synopsis on where things stand yeah nfc east as you mentioned uh we've got the commanders the eagles the cowboys and the eagles uh, I mean, the Giants already said Eagles, but uh, so the past five-ish years, it's been a pretty um, back and forth between all of these different teams. Um, 2015, the Commanders, or as they were referred to as the Redskins at the time, won the division. 2016, it goes to the Cowboys. 2017, back to the Eagles, in which they were the Super Bowl champions. Um, 2018, mm-hmm. the Cowboys take that back. Um, 2019 Eagles take it back 2020 surprisingly Washington wins the division and then last year Dak Prescott and the Cowboys won the division losing um, in wild card playoffs to the 49ers 17 to 23 um, going 12 and 5 on the season so Zach a lot of roster moves um, mm-hmm. in this division who are you thinking is the big standout from these list of teams? Which team has you the most interested? The one that you think is going to lead the way this year? Yeah, I think when you look at the NFC East, there's a trend that I, I don't know the exact years, but I believe that a team hasn't won back-to-back division titles since 2005. I believe I saw it had gone back that far. So if you're looking at it's actually it's actually farther than that. 2001 to 2004, the Eagles won it. Oh, and then oh yeah. it's it's been Andy back since then. There you go. Andy Reid back with uh, Donovan McNabb and those boys. So 2001, four, it was the last time? Yep. Okay. So when you view it like that, there's trends and then there's just like seems to be cemented facts because we're going on 18 years and that just doesn't happen. So if I'm viewing it through that lens, obviously the Cowboys won it last year. I, I want to, and you talk about a newcomer with a question you ask. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, speak to a team that's going to cause the most problems. And uh, the newcomer being A.J. Brown, they traded for him on draft day, were able to secure him for a first-round pick, and they got a new contract in the midst of it. But it all hinges, like a lot of these teams it does, but it hinges on Jalen Hurts taking that next step. Um, obviously, last year, when you looked at the total numbers, was pretty impressive in his first full season as a starter. But that playoff game, kind of watching it, and I, you know, it just – there wasn't much to be impressed about. You could tell, obviously, he was playing against Tom Brady, but you could tell it was two different levels of of gears there when it got to postseason play. But I think if if A.J. Brown can help unlock a certain element of Jalen Hurts' ability, having a true bona fide number one guy alongside Devontae Smith that they drafted from Alabama just the year before, with what they have working on defense, they have probably the best offensive line in football, which if you're going to run the ball, pretty big deal to have. 
So I have a lot of reasons to like the Eagles. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the newcomer that I'm kind of most excited to see in that division. But what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. From a roster perspective, looking at all these teams' rosters, uh, I choose the Eagles every time. It's the amount of talent that they have. Um, could be considered a little bit scary for the rest of the division. Um if that's if that's how it all works out, I think the one big thing for me is I do think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts is, and I think Dak Prescott's going to have um, some better numbers this year. And so I, it's just up to if Jalen Hurts can kind of piece together um, a good enough performance to come out on top. But I think that the Eagles could easily take it this year because I think that the Cowboys could end up being a really big disappointment for Cowboys fans everywhere. Um, Especially with, I mean, Amari Cooper leaving, Cedric Wilson, Blake Jarwin. Like, they've had a ton of people move out of Dallas. And uh, I just don't know that they've replaced the caliber of talent with the roster moves that they've made. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, It's been four years since an NFC East team has won a playoff game. It was that double doink game in Chicago that the Eagles pulled off. Um, I believe that was back in the 2017-18 season. So, um, I, I, yeah, like you said, I think the Cowboys lead a lot of disappointment on the table. I just think year after year that they're just constant, obviously being America's team, the most valuable sports franchise in the world. I think they're obviously going to be hype. People are going to talk about you. People are going to want you to be successful. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I, I think. I think on in my version of things, I think they got lucky a lot, a lot of times last year on the defensive side with turnover luck, where balls bounced their way. They created nine uh, non-offensive touchdowns, so I think six were defensive touchdowns and three were special team touchdowns. That's not anything that you could rely on. They led the league in turnovers last year. These are all things that always the next year go down. There's never a team that leads back-to-back years in both those categories. So if games are being decided by a touchdown and you had all these different things add up, that means the following year you're going to lose some of those games, which then in turn will lose you the division as well. Yeah, I think one other piece of the Cowboy season last year was obviously super fun to watch Trayvon Diggs with the amount of interceptions that he racked up throughout the entire season. What are you thinking on Trayvon? Do you think we're going to see the same level of cornerback play from him um, with the same level of interceptions and caliber there? Or do you think that we'll see a dip in that? Well, I think Trayvon Diggs reminds me a lot of uh, like a Marcus Peters back when he was first starting with the Chiefs, where his first two years were interception after interception. Um, but when you looked at the whole scope of things, he still gives up a lot of yardage because he takes risks. So I don't think Trayvon Diggs would be a bad cornerback. It's never someone that you're going to want not want on your team, but he's never going to be a Jalen Ramsey type where you basically say that field is shut off. Let's, you know, let's focus on and and double team other guys because, because he's got that side on lock. He'll never be that. But I, so I think there's going to be regression in his interceptions because that's hard. That's very hard to keep up. And in with that, there's going to be a lot more yardages given up that you see from from week to week. Yeah, we we love we love Trayvon Diggs being connected to Stefan, who will always just have our hearts over in Minnesota because of the Minneapolis miracle. So we're always rooting for him. Also, his son just is the best. Adorable. 
is adorable. <laughs> so give me your thoughts on the Eagles ceiling floor. What do you think on them? Yeah, for Eagles, I'm putting their ceiling, I think, 13 wins for them. Um, I think the floor is around seven um, just because if Jalen Hurts isn't if he's not able to put up numbers, then I think that they could have one, a really disappointing season, even with the roster that they have. Um, and then Cowboys, I have them coming in second in the division, right behind the Eagles. Um, I think that the the ceiling for them is ten wins. I think floor is around eight. I think that there's not much. I don't. I don't think there's going to be too much diversity in where they go just because I think that they're pretty I think we all can kind of expect how the Cowboys will perform <laughs> yeah I think that I think this season will come I think the division title will come down to the last couple weeks I think I don't think that the Eagles will be anywhere I think they'll be the fourth seed uh, I think the division is pretty light compared to what they have in the NFC so I think that they'll Probably, in my opinion, the most I could see the Eagles finish with our 11 wins, an 11 and 7 campaign. Uh, and I think the floor is lower than the Cowboys, right around seven, like you were saying. And the Cowboys, uh, I think that they're, I think that their ceiling can be 11, just like the Eagles. But I think they're going to finish more around the nine or 10 mark. Uh, personally, I just think there's a lot of, a lot of teams, a lot more talented teams. I think the offensive line with the Cowboys leads a lot to be desired especially with the injury to tyrone smith now they're working out jason peters 41 year old jason peters at left tackle who just had a pretty rough year in chicago so um america's team is going to be a little down this year and people aren't going to like to hear that but i just think that's the case so talk yeah, about and i mean the the cowboys have been kind of down for 25 years but <laughs> <laughs> can't keep it down for long is yeah. what you say. So, um, so talking about newcomers, Carson Wentz with the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera going on his third year, won the division two years ago, albeit with a, I think it was a nine and eight, or like it was, a, it, like, I think it was eight, seven and one record is what he won it with two years ago because that division was so bad. Uh, Carson Wentz, the cast off from the Eagles, the cast off from the Colts going on his third team, probably final chance to make him like I'm the franchise guy here. What do you make of his ability and chance to succeed with the commanders? I I just don't think Carson Wentz is really an answer for the commanders problems. I think that the commanders issues go deeper than QB, but I think in this situation, I just don't, I'm just, I'm interested to see it, but I just don't think Carson Wentz is going to perform at anything. That's going to be like insane caliber. I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he'll put up fine numbers, but I don't think that they're going to be ending the season with a winning record and feeling super confident going into next year of who, who their people are going to be. Um, especially with a defensive minded head head coach in Rivera. I just don't know if Carson Wentz is going to have that support and that focus that I think that he could use from a coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing that the commanders have going for them is I think that they, on paper, they have the best defensive line um, in this division. That's about four so, first rounders. Yeah. And so I think it'll be, um, they obviously were riddled with injuries last year. There was a lot of hope for them going into last season with the defensive line that they had. Um, and so it's just 
a waiting game of seeing if that defensive line will meet the expectations that are set upon them and that everyone's thinking that they'll perform. Um, but yeah, what's your, what's your take on Carson Wentz? What do you think about him? I think Carson Wentz, uh, kind of an unfortunate career MVP candidate in 2017 tears his ACL and it ever, you know, and I think, you know, there's been more talk recently about his leadership skills, but you know, Nick Foles going in, winning the Super Bowl with this team, being there for the next year, Wentz getting hurt again, Foles going in, winning that playoff game that I mentioned earlier against the Bears and was really close to being the Saints in the Superdome. I think there's some mental um hurdles that Wentz has yet to get over from that kind of scarring part of his career. Like personally, I think that's kind of been um, a watershed moment for him where now he's always looking to prove that he's the guy. So he's always trying to make the plays be big time and he's just struggling. So you look at last year, the stats tell you 62% completion, 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, it kind of speaks all oh, that's, that's pretty impressive. There's some things to like there. Um, but when you look at the game against the Jaguars, the last two games of the year when they were at home against the Raiders and they played the Jaguars on the road and he just couldn't make a throw, was trying too hard, make running around, getting hit, throwing interceptions, it was like, okay, this is why you can't trust him because he just gets a little frantic and, and you just know in a big moment something bad's about to happen. If if their defensive line can wreak havoc with Chase Young coming back later on in the year and they play games ugly, they're low scoring, they hand the ball off to their talented backfield, maybe they sneak into the wild card at like nine and eight if things fall their way uh, in the conference. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be a, a pretty rough year for the commanders. What do you think from a fan person, fan base perspective? Do you think that they – I think you're at the point as a commanders fan where you just kind of want the team to have a losing season, a really bad losing season so that you have better roster picks come draft time. If I was a commander fan with the state of the franchise, not just like football field aside, but with what ownership and who your owner is, I'd become a different fan because he's never <laughs> going to give up the team unless they make him. I mean, when your owner of your favorite professional franchise has testifying Congress, I think you have every right to switch teams. I think that's a veto pass that anyone's going to agree with you on. So that's what I would do if I was a Commander fan, and I know that doesn't mean a lot coming from a Viking fan, but we don't have the Wilfs doing scorecards of cheerleaders and various uh, activities, potentially illegal, with second books of ticket sales and everything of that nature. So... No hope in that franchise, personally. I like Rod Rivera. Don't love him. I think there's some limits to his coaching. And as long as you're lining up Carson Wentz under center, middle level's about where you're going to be. Where do you have the commander? Are you putting them last in the division this year? I am putting them last in the division, yes. I, yeah. I think that I think the floor falls out. I think they go about 4-13, 5-12. Uh, best, like I said, 9-8, and eight, sneak into the wild card. And then get obliterated by whoever's the second seed. <laughs> in that conference so bucks rams probably we're aligned there yeah <laughs> so enough talk about a sad and lonely nfl team um what are you thinking about the new york giants i like brian dayball a lot i don't like daniel jones very much 
that kind of sums up with what I think this season's going to be. I think they'll be in competition with the uh, the Commanders for the bottom of the division, and I think they're okay with that this year. I think as long as they see, like best case scenario, you see Dayball unlock kind of like a Ryan Tannehill version of Daniel Jones because I think that's kind of the limit. He's a little more, you know athletic than Ryan Tannehill but that's kind of what you'd want to see is like oh this big step new offensive coordinator guy in his ear because obviously Jason Garrett wasn't it but as much as the offense coordinator can help I don't think anyone can change the fact that Jano Jones fumbles and throws interceptions like you wouldn't believe the dude can't hold on to the ball in the pocket um, and I just don't think he's he he's not a quarterback you look at and say even the best version of this guy can we win a Super Bowl with I don't yeah. think so. I, I don't think the best version of Daniel Jones is probably Ryan Tannehill. Is anyone saying Ryan Tannehill is going to carry the Titans to the Super Bowl? No. So I think they want to lose. They want to. They want to see improvements from some young guys, uh, but ultimately they want to get their quarterback in next year's draft. That's where I view Brian Dayball is just saying we'll throw it out there, but if it gets ugly, we'll rotate through some quarterbacks, and then by next year I'll have my guy. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because they have a couple people on their team that I think it's going to be fun to watch, obviously, with Thibodeau and Tony. Um, having Him having had struggles last year with health in the wide receiver position, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to pick up um, and kind of become a standout on that team. But I agree. I just think Daniel Jones, uh, they're looking to see – like this is kind of the season where you're like, okay – I obviously I think most people agree that Daniel Jones doesn't appear that he is going to be the long term answer for the Giants, um, but it'll be an interesting year to kind of get that final answer, especially with um, coming over from the Bills and the incredible work that he was able to do with Josh Allen. I'll be really interested to see if there's any way he can kind of perform a miracle and turn around Daniel Jones's career, because so far I think he's probably got like three people standing behind him saying that he's the answer for the Giants. Yeah, it's his mom, dad, and his brother. <laughs> um, and, and if anyone comes at me and says, okay, well, Kirk Cousins, listen, Ryan Tannehill and Dan, and Dan Jones would wish to have the season Kirk Cousins had just last year, okay? The best version of those guys is is the mid-level version of Kirk. Not saying Kirk can't get lower than what he played last year because I've seen it in a Vikings uniform, but last year he was balling. The year before he was balling, so I don't want to hear it. Because Dan Jones sucks, and that's not your guy. And you know it, and I know it. We all know it, right? But here's the deal is that the Vikings are only tied to Kirk for two more years. Dan Jones, it, it ends. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he's in a lame duck year. This is this is it. Kind of what we talked about, Wentz being in his prove-it year. This is, this is Jones' prove-it year, but I think he's going to prove that he's a quality backup, just middle-of-the-road guy. Um, you can make a lot of money doing that, so – He'll be happy. But more power to him, and he doesn't have to fumble himself and fumble it and make an embarrassment of himself on Sports yeah. Center every Sunday. That's right. <laughs> I got. Uh, I don't. Think, I don't think the wheels fall off for him. I think with quality coaching, and it's hard to. The the thing about the NFL is, um, it's very hard to tank. That's one of the things that they've done really well. Is not necessarily about what they've done, but because these guys are relying on performance for their next job. You know, like the NBA is different where you could pull the superstars out and it's a bunch of dudes that are G League guys. And of course, they're just going to play, but they just talent wise can't compete. The NFL, because of the the such high number of players, I mean, these guys, once they get on the field, they're like, this is my opportunity. And the talent gap is not that 
far between not defense offense alignment like the top top yes but your average nfl starter all pretty much the same even with practice squad guys so it's very hard to tank so that long-winded thing was just to say i think that they'll go back six and eleven uh five and twelve i think it'll be just a mediocre year and they'll finish third then they will have an opportunity to select one of the crop quarterbacks coming out next year yeah i've got them i got their ceiling at seven and ten their floor at four and 13, which is what they did last year. I don't think, I think, but I do think we'll see some improvement with the is coming in as head coach. I think there's going to be some good, good improvement for them. I just don't think it's going to be, this is definitely his, his building year with this team. Big, big year for Saquon too. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky yeah. Year. That is how did we fail to mention Saquon Barkley um, in this because, entire conversation? Because he's, he's played almost as many NFL games. I've played almost as many NFL games the last two years that he's played. <laughs> Two, three years. I don't know how long he's been in the league, but he's been injured a lot. What do you think? This is going to be where he makes his redemption and is the Saquon Barkley that we had grown accustomed to, or do you think another injury? Yeah, I mean, it's just injuries are so hard to predict. Like, I can't – I mean, he's healthy now, so it's hard to say, like, oh, he's going to be – I mean, hurt. I don't want to say that about somebody. So if he stays (laughs) healthy, I think he'll be pretty productive. I think he'll make a case for himself to be signed – highly by another team but i think he's i think everyone now what sucks for him being taken two overall back back in the day by gettleman is that now every um draft going forward when there's a highly touted running back prospect every you know him turning on is gonna be like well remember when the giants drafted barkley that didn't really work out so i feel bad for him that way because it's always going to be the we don't take running backs in the first round look at barkley and it's like yeah (laughs) That sucks for him. I mean, the Trojan every, horse for him. Yeah, everyone, everyone knew it was a bad pick. I mean, but we don't have to dog on him, you know? Because <laughs> he's in, the, I believe he was in the same draft as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And uh, that's tough. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, cool. Um, any last thoughts on the NFC Beast Elite or? Watch it be no. the best division in football. That would be, no, it'd be actually actually hilarious. I, the commanders are beating everyone. Yeah, I think I think the NFC East and the uh we haven't previewed yet that, but the AFC South, those are gonna be the two divisions competing for the bottom. So. Yeah, I mean it'll the commanders do play the Jaguars week one. So oh big we'll time. Be to, we'll be able to see some real high quality teams go at it. They put that one week one because they don't know what would watch that come week like 12. But week one, every game's big. It's like, exactly. oh. It's like they, and then you're going to find out they moved it to like a 5 a.m. spot, hoping that some people would tune in. Tune in, standalone <laughs> game. Just because oh. it's week one and people are like, I want football. Okay, I'll watch this oh, Commanders Jaguars game. If, at that 5 was on, if that was on at 8 30 in the morning, I would we're watch there. that front to back. I oh, yeah, we're there. I'm not moving from my couch come Sunday. It's the best best tradition in all sports is waking up and sitting on my couch turning on the Vikings game and and not moving until Sunday night at 11. It's great. We have today. got seven calendar days until football is back, baby. That's it. And uh, we'll, we will cover um, the next couple divisions. We're going to move to the NFC East. And then the NFC South will be our next two. Uh, We'll cover those, and then we'll finish out early next week with the others and preview week one. So, again, this has been the His and Hers Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. 
Make sure to go to our YouTube video format available there. Like and subscribe. And we, we are available wherever you stream your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the other weird sites you can think of. We're probably there. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later.